Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hello, 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 Freedom Sisters and listeners. I'm so happy to be back together for another awesome episode of the Freedom Challenge Online. I have enjoyed our guests and topics over the last few months. I don't know about you. I hope you have. They've been amazing. But today, we're getting a big shot of spiritual vitamin C. My friend and my colleague, whom many of you know and love, Ruth Willett, the prayer coordinator of the Freedom Challenge, is joining me today. Over the last couple months, um, a couple months, yeah, I would say, Ruth has beautifully woven together a prayerful journey for participants and supporters for the California Regional Challenge and the Mount Baldy the recent Mount Baldy John Muir Challenge. So yeah, it's been over the last couple of months. But she created these beautiful spaces that help the participants walk through the journey as if they were on the trails or if they were on the trails. And they we just we got to pray along and just have intentional topics and meditating on the mission of the Freedom Challenge, and praying for so many pieces of that mission. What I'd like to say is, first of all, I encourage you to go back and pray along with her. I can't remember what episodes those are. I'll put them in the show notes. But I want to highlight this and celebrate it because she, both of those episodes were in the top five most listened to episodes. So I want to pull you in to go back and listen to those and just continue to be on a prayer journey for what God's doing through this amazing Freedom Challenge. So now I am excited for her to share some of the insights that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. I asked her to share some of her study notes honestly with you and with our Freedom Challenge team just last week, and I'm excited for her to be with me today, and I promise you that you will get some spiritual vitamin C, but you will also just be true uh, chewing on these truths that she's going to bring to us today. So... I'm excited for Ruth. Ruth, thank you for saying yes. And would you just pop on and remind our listeners a little bit about yourself? And then let's just jump on in, friend. I'd love to, Tracy. Um, For any of my Scottish peeps who might be listening, they're going to get some vitamin C. But (laughs) vitamin, vitamin, who knows? And yes, my accent is, is Scottish, a little different, but you're going to get it. Just keep listening. Um. Yeah, uh, as you said, I am the prayer coordinator for the Freedom Challenge USA. Uh, that about four years now, I think, and I just keep getting surprised by the goodness of God. You'd think I would be used to it by now, but 
he just keeps showing up to me, to us, um, to the Freedom Challenge ladies in so many ways that are just, um, yeah, kind of undoing almost. But I am a mum. I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. And my husband and I have been um, with OM for 20 years and in America for five um, mm. that's I love it about me um the, so we're talking uh, I guess primarily about peace about Philippians 4 6 and 7 um about anxiety but really the opposite of anxiety peace and the, those verses say do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. That is a I like even as you're saying this verse I can feel my body settling in with the beauty of those truths. Mm. And I I want to bring us back to something that I said in the beginning and this is by way of encouragement of you Ruth and your leadership but also the hunger and the humility of those that are listening to the you know to this podcast that our top episodes and i think we've done 50 now are ones that would orientate people to prayer to mm-hmm. actually going to god with what's on their heart and you led that and so consequently why it's so wonderful we get to have this conversation today is because so much of what's happening in the world is so anxiety ridden. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but it almost feels like anxiety is in the air we breathe. Absolutely. And and I just so resonate with this wrestle that you're going to share with us. It is a prevalent struggle for many of us, for me. Even today, I was sharing with you earlier that I had such a reassurance that this was a timely word because I wrestled with this low-lying kind of, um, I would explain it as like evil foreboding, like this anxiety, not being able to really even pinpoint why, but feeling it. And then feeling so grateful we would have this conversation together because it really is a human tendency of ours. Yeah, I got some, um, some news, shall we say, yesterday, and it really just felt like all day today. That that's mm. what the enemy was trying to get me to gaze on, and I'm. Mm. Like, it felt so ironic because we are coming on here to talk about peace, and the enemy was doing whatever he could, or life was doing whatever it could yes. to try and make me just not think about peace, but think about like this information that actually is the opposite yeah. of peace. If I let it be, wow. Um, yeah. So I think. What we can say is the Holy Spirit is leading this conversation. For those of you who are listening, I encourage you to take notes, to, you know, just be prepared in a posture of receiving. Because like I said, I mean, just yesterday as well, someone was talking to me about a panic attack they had. Um, The day before, someone was talking to me about going on anti-anxiety medication. And so just there's something in the air we're breathing that's just wanting to take peace. So dig in, my friend. Lead us in this conversation. 
So I love these verses. They've been my favorite verses for a while now. Um, but God spoke them over me about 10 years ago. I had a few years where I was kind of mad at God. I wasn't really talking to him. I was trying to, then the enemy was making me feel guilty because I was mad at him and I was tired. So I never read the Bible. I only repeated verses that I knew had memorized in my head. And, and I just, I wasn't in a good space. And someone came and prayed for me and just challenged a spirit of hopelessness. And, and God, immediately I heard these verses, like, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your mm-hmm. request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and God I I felt like what God said to me was are you thankful about anything never mind everything and Mm. honestly I, I sat there for a minute and I was like no I'm not I'm not thankful about anything I don't like my life I don't I'm so mad at what you've allowed it to be and as soon as I said that God said I know your circumstances aren't what you hoped, but I haven't changed. I'm Mm. still God and I still deserve your praise. This, of course, was challenging, right? I mean, I don't know if anyone would particularly want to hear that, but I took him at his word and I began a journey of praise, which Mm. is a whole other story. But the other thing that I grasped onto at that moment was that God was promising peace and I desperately needed peace. So. I think we can all relate to that, at least at times. But skipping forward to more recently, the past few months, I just felt God talking about peace. It just kept coming up, uh, which, like you said, it makes sense because we it almost feels like anxiety is in the air, right? Hmm. But as I was pondering it, I realized I've been treating peace like it's beautiful, but maybe a little weak and inactive. But it wasn't how God was treating it. Whenever I felt God addressing peace, it seemed to be in such an active and immediate and powerful way. Um, So that kind of piqued my curiosity. um, Mm. And I began repeating, or or doodling, I guess, to be more exact, the phrase over and over, active, powerful peace. And as I was like just sitting there, really with nothing, just blank pages and doodling, I began to ask God, more about this and just try and dig into it and I realized that peace and rest because I think it's connected is really not inactive at all I mean Tracy if if I was to say think of one bible example that talks about peace what would you say Mm. you know what I instantly think of is when Jesus was asleep in the boat yeah, <laughs> and the storm was going and everybody was freaking out and yeah. he had to be woken up in the middle of the storm that to me is like peace well, that's peace and you know I haven't even got that in my examples but that's a very active and powerful example of what peace can do right and yeah. the, other, the other place so like what I was thinking of was I was thinking like um peace is attached to her feet you know, just looking at Bible examples and actually paying attention to them, I'm like, where did I ever begin to think that this was inactive? Our feet are not an inactive part of our body. Mm. And where it's attached to feet, like to bring our feet are shod with the gospel of peace, it's where they're listing these things as armor 
And I mean, yeah. that's a clue right there. Armour's needed for battle, which pretty active, pretty urgent. Um, the verses mentioned talk about peace guarding our hearts and minds. And actually the original word means to do whatever it takes offensively or defensively to guard, which again, it's not weak. It's not passive. It actually mm. transcends or surpasses present circumstances. It's not limited to reality, but it's above it. And the Greek word here is to rise above, to be superior, to extend beyond the present situation. And all these things, and your example of the boat, these are powerful things. Mm. And yet I was, you know, peace had for me taken on this connotation of, you know, la la la, it's beautiful. We want it. I, I sit in my room with my candles lit and my quiet music playing to bring some calm into my mind. And and it's lovely, but apart from my little moment, I'm not sure what it's changing. Um, but it that's not how God was describing it. In fact, um, the actual word peace, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And there's a website called Hebrew Word Picks. And it says the following thing. No word in the Hebrew language is more graphic in its pictorial form than the word shalom. And then it shows all these word pictures of how you break down the word. And it says, it shows that shalom, that peace means to destroy the authority that establishes chaos. I mean, what? It's like active powerful it's it's what I want to walk in right I, I mean wow yes wow to destroy the authority I, I want you to say that again I, I just want to hear it again say it again uh-huh. I want you to say it again so thank you to destroy the authority that establishes chaos so like like you just said peace is powerful mm. peace is shalom And maybe I could just guide everyone right now because I find myself in this day and age having a lot of moments where I'm feeling that chaos that we're all experiencing and I I concentrate and I do this because you and I have been talking so much about this and you've been sending your notes over and your doodles. I wish everyone could see your doodles, but there have been times where I will just close my eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. And just say the word shalom and envision what that would look like to establish peace over the chaos, my brain, my mind, my body, all of those things are experiencing. And I have to tell you, it it, it has brought a, a, an active soothing to mm. those chaotic places. It's, it is really a powerful imagery. Mm. Rich stuff, my friend. Let's keep going. All right. So as we, we said, God's speaking about how active and powerful his peace is, you know, it, which immediately kind of made me think of Psalm 42, I think, that tells us to be still and know that he's God. Like our stillness is not God's stillness. We are being still and reminding ourselves who our God is. But while we are doing that, he's bending and breaking weapons of war. I mean, mm. I love this imagery no wonder his peace is beyond circumstances it's not limited to now or to our understanding because he he knows who he is and there's another psalm that's a little like that for me psalm 29 
it talks about the god of glory thunders it's it's a, a little terrifying like the voice of god is powerful it's majestic shaking deserts stripping forests bare striking with lightning and it ends with the verse the lord blesses his people with peace so mm. i'm reading it i can be i don't know it, it can take me a minute right and i'm like a little confused and i'm like why would you end that Sam with the Lord blesses his people with peace it doesn't seem to fit with the chaos and the destruction of this now I said it to a friend who immediately had been like well because this and I'm like oh well it took me longer than you so I don't know anyone who's listening you maybe are like Ruth come on but it took me a minute but when I sat what I do what I usually do when confusion comes um, the best thing to do with that is to sit with God And so I did. I quite quickly heard him say, you get to live in peace when this is the God fighting for you. I was like, whoa, okay, that makes sense. You know, this God who can um, bend and break weapons of war, who um, shakes deserts and strips forests bare. Like when this is the God fighting for you, we, no matter what comes against us, we get to just be at peace. What can this God not do, right? And just juxtaposition, if you really, I mean, just want to cause us to think about that. What can this God not do? And we get to stand and be the beneficiaries of peace because he did all the battling for us. Yeah, right. And he calls himself ours. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. And we just get to be blessed by this piece, like get to be the recipients of it as he goes. Before we even know he's gone, like there's a song called Defender. He goes before I know that he's even gone to fight my war and he comes back with the head of my enemy. And he's done it. And actually, we were just worshipping. You know, we were just bowing down. We were just asking him to surround us with his peace. Um, And he's gone and, and he's done this. And he's destroying the authority that's establishing chaos or trying to. And we can choose this. And what I love about that song and this thought is so many times we don't even know who our enemy is. And we think the wrong thing is our enemy. So how awesome is it? that We don't even really need to identify what the enemy is. He gets to take care of all of that and then bring that peace. We receive it back. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, that song, so again, it's Rita Springer called Defender. And anyone who's listened to any of my podcasts or prayer times or spent any time with me at all know that I say, per like 2 Chronicles 20, that we get to fight with worship. Like we worship and we trust God to fight. Um, But Hmm. the other thing I think I quite often say is that sometimes the invitation placed before us, the faith asked of us is to rest to not take care of all the things that we need to take care of that are so urgent and trust in God that, oh, you're going to take care of it. And that's not always the case, you know, because he calls us to be active, but it is often the case that there's a faith required to be like, this isn't right yet, but I can still rest because I'm resting in who you are. I mean, how are we to belong to this God? Mm. Um, A quick reference back to the beauty podcast. The enemy's constantly trying to take her gaze and her focus to put it on the lack, the darkness, the chaos. 
and we get to choose to gaze on God, on his beauty, his holiness, and to glance at the rest. This allows us to remember he's bigger. He's the name above all names. You know, the enemy, he try, the things he tries to get us to gaze on, they're actually real. There's a reality to them. They're just yeah. not the whole story. And again, just this, this truth, the tools God gives us to fight, to battle with, their praise, rest, peace, joy, beauty, like we saw. It just makes me want to laugh. Like, I think maybe it's the reason that God can promise us abundant life, no matter the fact that we live in the world, no matter what the circumstances are, why he can say, I'm going to give you my peace. I leave it with you. There's going to be trouble in the world, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. Because peace isn't the absence of trouble. It's just that all these things are ours because of who our God is. Because we belong to him. And that's the truth. That doesn't change. Mm. And so this really is a God that we can lay our anxiety before because he's always working. He's fighting for his kids. He knows how to destroy the authority that's trying to establish chaos on earth, in our lives. And, And here, I guess, is like, I just want to invite us, me, and it doesn't have to make sense to us because it's beyond understanding as much as it's beyond circumstance, but it's connected to our God, a God who's a good father and a saviour, the God who didn't withhold his own son, but gave us all that we would know him, that we would have let, that we may have life. Wow. I am really connecting to these insights, Ruth. And I just think it's true for us as human beings. You know, we have this longing for peace, for like settledness, for the absence of war. And for years, you know, I I would pray for, you know, this trouble be gone or this situation be, you know, handled, this, this longing for peace. And then realizing that shalom arrives when I realize that Jesus is with me in the trouble. So like you just said, it's it's really not the absence of trouble. This side of eternity, that's not happening. <laughs> but it is the fact that Jesus is with me and he is the one that's producing that authority over chaos. And that has just changed even the focus of my prayer. When I realize the story that came to my mind when you asked me, that Jesus is in my boat and he's not really concerned about all these storms. He's just kind of popping up and saying, peace be still. Um, It really helps put in perspective the troubles that often plague our lives. And like you said, very real. They're not figments of our imagination often. The difficult situations that we... um, you know, as, as Christ followers are, are needing deeper understanding into. So keep it coming, girl. We need this. I'm just throwing it in there. I don't, I don't have details. I haven't looked at this because I never thought of that story. But, you know, um, I don't know at what point in the disciples' time with Jesus that story is. But they were, you know, like, it's okay that that this is not always easy to believe, that sometimes circumstances overwhelm us for a minute before we get back to that place of wrestling with God and going oh but I'm going to choose your truth because the Mm -hmm. disciples were terrified in that space and they were Jesus's 
disciples who actually got to be with Jesus. They were like fishermen who knew <laughs> how to be in storms. So, I mean, I'm sure it was a crazy storm, but they were terrified. Um, and Jesus yeah. was able in that space of, I am terrified here, but I know who to go to. I go to Jesus. And he was like, mm-hmm. you know what, you're right, because I am the one who can say to the wind and waves, like, you didn't understand this of me yet, that there's nothing I can't do. I can tell them be still and they have to obey me. Um, mm-hmm. And so just the position whole- of Jesus. I'm sorry, Ruth, but just the position of Jesus sleeping is actually something to ponder, right? <laughs> so much to ponder in that story. But yeah, but just that it's okay that we can be struggling with this. That's really okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's the two mm-hmm. chronicles 20. We don't know what to do, but we will put our eyes on you. Um, and, you know, Good. anyway, so back to <laughs> back to the notes. During these ponderings into peace, I, I, I looked more, I kind of felt led to look more into the Philippians 4, 6 and 7 verses. And I went, I'm sorry for people that I hope this flows well. I love words and you'll see that a little here. But I, stay, I ended up looking into the original Greek words used um, on these verses. And it was amazing, shocking, exciting. Like these two small verses in the middle of the New Testament or whatever it is in the New Testament show us over and over again how much God is working for wholeness and standing against the works of the enemy in beautiful and powerful ways. How everything he does again and again continues to reveal to us that he knows how to make us into the people he always intended us to be. Like people mm-hmm. who get pain in life. Um, do you want to read the verses? Because you're hearing my voice a lot. Just um, Which verses, my friend? Do you want me to read Philippians again? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, it shocked me immediately when I started digging into these. The Greek word for anxiety is a word I don't know how to pronounce, but the root of it means to be separated from the whole, something that is dividing and fracturing a person's being into parts. I mean, it sounds really like the enemy who came to steal, kill and destroy, don't you think? But It's phrase, like a dismemberment. Yeah. Yeah dismembering the human image yeah and the phrase about anything or in one version for nothing so do not be anxious about anything or be anxious for nothing the word again I apologize if I am um, butchering this pronunciation you can forgive me but the the word is maiden (laughs) maiden and it's taken from two words maid and heist and they basically mean not even one thing. And, you know, over the years in a variety of situations, I find myself imagining God speaking these verses and saying, you know, little one, the baby girl, I'm, I'm God, God, the creator of all things. Look around. All that you see, I called into being. Me mm-hmm. and I, God, um, I'm inviting you to come with everything. And in this place, 
you get to lay your anxiety down because there's not one thing, nothing, that I don't want to be a part of. All of your life matters to me. There isn't one thing that I can't take care of. Me, God. And, I mean, I don't know what you think about that. I thought it was pretty amazing. I'm like, okay, wow. I, I get that you're inviting me into, like, everything. That's amazing. A God who would care like this. But, you know, after digging even more, I'm undone by the power of the verses, the power that I get to live in, the wholeness that God pursues over and over again, the gospel truth, the good news of what it actually means that God's working for his kids. Hmm. Something that's hitting me as you're sharing this is, you know, this imagery of being pulled apart. So we're made in his image, a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect alignment and unity with one another. And then from that, creating his image bearers, spirit, soul, and body. Kathy Hartley and I talked about that last month. And then if you look at that and think about what you're describing as what happens in anxiety, this pulling apart of spirit, soul, and body, and you think about like how we experience anxiety, I feel it in my body. I'm kind of a gut person. So for me, the first place I feel it is in that realm. Some people experience it in their thinking and their soul and their emotions And this imagery of thinking about the enemy pulling apart what God wants to keep whole and integrated and aligned with how he made us, it actually is very sinister. Yeah. Because, I mean, even the imagery of thinking about pulling a whole thing apart, a body, a a person. Yeah. It's really startling. I mean, it captures how you experience anxiety and our desire and drive to want to give it to the one who can handle it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After it talks about anxiety, it says in everything by prayer and petition. And you know what was Mm. so cool? The word for everything here means each and every part of a totality. One part at a time, making up a whole. So anxiety fractures and divides, but the everything that God invites us to bring, that makes us whole. I mean, he makes us whole, but the meaning of that everything is to make a whole, to make up a whole with every part that is supposed to be there. Um, and I just, I mm. thought that was so cool. Like, and there's more, like we come with prayer and this word for prayer was described in the Bible lexicon on biblehub.com, which is where I looked into all of this. It says, pray for, offer prayer or wish. But then said, like, literally, when you put that statement together, it's to interact with the Lord by switching human wishes and desires for his wishes as he imparts faith. You know, even now as I'm saying this, like mm. when I was getting into it and when I was writing it out, I actually can't stop smiling. Like this God, like we get to come with our version of our story, with our needs, but they get to be switched out with his. And and believe me, I learned the hard way. His version is so much better than ours could ever be. But not only that, he imparts the faith. 
the divine persuasion to believe it. I mean, mm. I'm not sure what could be better news than that. But but this God, not much, not much, right? He understands what living life in this world can bring, and even with all of this hope laid out before us, He gives us permission to come with petitions, and that word means. I want, I need, I'm in one. I'm begging because I have deep personal needs. But in this place, we're reminded that we can bring it to God. We can make our requests known to him. This was quite startling um, for everyone I've shared it with. The word for request, it means ask, petition, request, demand, beg. And it was used before Mm -hmm. in Luke 23 and 24 when the Jews demanded that Pontius Pilate crucified Jesus. I'm like, really? We're being given permission to come to you and demand? But the thing is, the word make them known, so make your requests known, that word to properly know, to discover, to take in knowledge, that was used when Mary said to the angel regarding being pregnant, how is it possible? I've never known a man. And mm. I that it's in this place of deep intimacy, a place where we're willing to properly know and be known by God, that he's okay with giving us permission to demand because he knows we'll submit to his leading, to his wishes, to his voice, saying maybe, here you go, here's my answer, because I love to give to you and I love to take care of you. But other times he might have to say, I'm so glad you brought that to me. I know your need, but baby, you need to remember who you're talking to. I'm God, you're not. And it's time to let your words be few. And it's in this place of knowing where we're actually, we can get to a place of being happy to be corrected um, so that we can demand, but it might just bring a father's discipline. And if it does, that's okay because we're safe with this God. And we're always going to be walking through layers of his love and guidance to become fully his. Um, But talking of God, the word used for God here is Theon and it, it means properly God, the creator, the owner of all things, the supreme being who owns and sustains all things. Kind of seems like someone who can take care of what we bring to him, like someone more than able, right? Even just the word demand. I, no. I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting how uncomfortable that feels for me. But yet it's there. And then that place of full submission to the insight God brings to the limited demands that you're bringing to him. I mean, there's just this real exchange. And I, I mean, I have to say, pondering, I mean, I have to wrestle with this because I don't know if I have permission as God has given it to us, as you're describing it in scripture, to come with that passionate of a demand from the things that are in my heart. Mm. And this idea that maybe God would, you know, settle me and give me another option. Honey, you have seven choices. I'm going to have to limit this to the red one, um, you know, but like, like a father to a child. But this idea that in this exchange, my, I would become settled enough and an intimate relationship enough with this God that you're describing 
that I would surrender and trust his supremacy in my life and his mm. path forward. Mm. I, I mean, I just really encourage all of us listening to that to not just kind of do a, you know, 30,000 foot skim over, over a verse that we've heard many times, but really go into the depth of yeah. what and the richness of this verse and what it's giving us permission to do and what it's calling us to. I agree. I mean, it's hard. I am, I'm not even sure what I think of that word and I'm the one speaking it out, but I think it's that it makes me think of the verse where it's like, um, you know, I can't, whenever, whenever we're fully his, um, we can ask whatever our hearts desire, right? And he'll grant it because there's that space of, in that intimacy, he is going to knock off things that shouldn't be there. Um, or, because I think, you know, mm. I think God knows that these, these demands, these, these longings, these, these oh, deep needs, they're there because of the world that we live in. And when we bring them to him, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a place to twist them. Whereas if we're like, oh, well, we can't, we can't say that. We can't make that demand. I mean, who are we to do that? Which, yeah. which there's also truth to that, right? Which is why it's a relationship. It's why it's the intimacy thing, because then we hear, we put ourselves in a place to hear God go, oh, too much, baby girl, <laughs> you know? But if we don't bring it to him at yeah. all, then somehow... It's there, but maybe it's getting twisted, right? Which I think yeah, is- I'm thinking about the verse. Go ahead, no, go. Ruth. No, you go. I was gonna say I think it's I think um it's Psalms thirty seven four and it's saying, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And I really do think it complements what you're talking about because the delight is this exchange of relationship. I delight in you. And this, he'll give you the desires of the heart. It really is him giving you the right desires and Mm -hmm. how he refines those as we're in that proximity of delight, which then would include us being fully honest with him in some of these demands. Why is this like this? How did this happen? I don't know if I can get through all of that just real stuff. And then it's interesting how our perspectives shift. And I think that's what you're going to kind of pull us into next is like, what is that? How do we get that whole perspective shift? And I think the key, of course, is the next verse, which is do all of this with thanksgiving. You know, being thankful, not for the circumstances, Mm -hmm. but for God's good grace that will work out what's good. Like, I think they said that the word for this Thanksgiving actually was graceful, thankful for God's grace. Thankful, basically, that he's interested in all of it. Um, And, you know, even the verses before, like, rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. And let your gentleness be um, made known to all for the Lord's near and there's something about that rejoicing about that thanksgiving that it does submit as it does um maybe bring a gentleness that being in a place of petition doesn't and and all of it together somehow is just this place where we come and and we actually receive the promise of peace the peace of God which transcends all understanding and again that peace is defined as quietness Mm. rest wholeness or tying together into a whole 
So, I mean, have you noticed? Mm -hmm. This is the second word that's directing us to the truth that God is working to bring back wholeness to that which has been fractured. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. a piece. And so much is being fractured. Oh, so much. And we don't understand it, do we? I mean, half of what happens in this world, if I try and understand it, I feel like my brain's going to start smoking because it's just too much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it transcends and surpasses that, which the word means to hold above, to rise above, to be superior to. And the two words that are combined here to make up this word, they mean extend benefit that reaches beyond the present situation to have to hold and the all the all that transcends the understanding all understanding is each and every part so basically there's nothing nothing that's left untouched when we choose to do this and here's the thing it doesn't just transcend the circumstances but it transcends our understanding so like this is to me I really struggle when things don't make sense. But like I said, I go to that space with God and I just try and let him speak or I just submit. Um, But it is, it's because of who our God is. And in this place, the peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And you heard me say earlier, but I think it's worth repeating that the guard here is defined as to actively display whatever defensive and offensive means are necessary to guard. Whatever offensive and offensive means are necessary to guard. So basically we're covered, right? Um, And the heart, the desire decisions that establish who we are, and the mind, the result of our thinking, they're guarded in the place of being in Christ Jesus. In the dictionary, it says, defines in as the situation of being enclosed or surrounded by something and that something is Christ Jesus which is the Lord is our salvation we get to live inside our salvation and be at peace Hmm. Tracy can you believe that two small verses in the middle of the New Testament show us all this the heart of a father and a savior Hmm. so kind we're not going to stop at anything to bring us wholeness and to make us who we were always designed to be who they always intended us to be Verses that show us the truth and the good news of the gospel yeah. that tell us all of this peace, hope, joy are ours when we get to that place of being, oh, I'm enclosed, I'm surrounded in Christ Jesus. That's that's who I am because he paid for it. Yeah. A picture I've always thought about in regard to being in Christ because, you know, this is, it's a very like, what is that? You know, how are we in Christ? I don't know. I must've been a pretty young girl and someone really wise to me was explaining this to me as a black cup of coffee. And what happens when we put a little bit of cream in our coffee and you mix it up, right? So you're in, the cream is now in the coffee. You cannot extract it. It is now one and the same. You literally can't pull apart the properties. And for me, that imagery of thinking about the security mm-hmm. of us being in Christ has just always been such a safe and compelling place. Yeah, of there's this no, safety. no coming out of that, right? <laughs> no, I can't. I wouldn't be able to strain cream out of coffee. 
it, yeah. it just can't, it can't happen. So, I mean, that just gives a reassurance, right? Yeah. All right. Keep going. It's good how, stuff. How are y'all doing? I know that this is long. I think maybe the Scottish accent will help you to keep listening. <laughs> Who knows? But I believe that looking into this, God somehow connected peace, hope, and joy. And I'm not going to go deep into that because I actually don't have the words to do it. I'm I'm still, uh, I'm still struggling, wrestling, enjoying that. But maybe we'll have a peace part two. But yeah. I'll always end with this verse: Romans fifteen and thirteen says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that mm. you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit." Mm. And Romans 5, 1 and 2, I went there because, you know, I, I memorized that when I was younger and, and I remembered the the kind of conclusion that hope does not disappoint. And I just wanted to to remind myself of the structure of that and the flow of that. And mm-hmm. I went to the NIV and you know that the actual section there was entitled Peace and Hope. So I was like, because mm-hmm. it got, I was like, God, I feel like you're connecting them, but I can't really think of where that is biblically and so I was laughing to myself when it was entitled Peace and Hope but I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation and one of the reasons is I love how it's written and as often happens like you know when I read the NIV or the New Revised Standard Version and then I read it in the Passion Translation it makes me look at the verse again it somehow personalizes it it's it knocks my brain out of what's become so familiar and it makes me ask the question will I believe this for me can I believe this for me and sometimes the answer is "Mm, I don't know how that's hard and I just need to again sit and let God speak to my heart but anyway Mm. the verses in the passion Tracy do you want to read them I absolutely will our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. All right, unpack it, girl. I'm not going to unpack it too much. I'm just going to personalize it a little. So in Jesus, we're declared flawless in his eyes. We can enjoy true and lasting peace all because of Jesus and we have permanent access to his kindness this is not often what we tell ourselves and it's definitely not what the enemy tells us but I do believe that today God's asking us it's personal will you believe it will I believe it when he says Jesus died for you and you believed so now Ruth Tracy Your faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to you and you are declared flawless in Mm. his eye. Flawless. Ruth, this means that you can now enjoy true and lasting peace 
with me. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for you. Tracy, your faith guarantees you permanent access into this marvellous kindness that has given you a perfect relationship with God. And now let the joy burst forth. Celebrate the hope because you're going to experience God's glory. It's personal. Will we believe it? And I really, I want to end with God's inviting us to see from his perspective. And in those two verses, we already see he gives us his perspective and then he gives us the faith to believe it. We're in a battle, but he's calling us to be in the battle with weapons that make us fully alive. Peace, rest, praise, hope, joy. Weapons that are powerful because we are in Christ Jesus. And our God knows who he is, what he can do, and what he has done. Like, really, what can this God not do? And this is the God working for our wholeness and guarding us with his peace, with himself, because he is the God of all peace. And in this place, we are thankful. We are so thankful. Mm, Everybody take a deep Shalom breath. Hmm. And this is a wonderful place to wrap up this conversation. And we have a lot to consider. Miss Ruth, once again, you've brought us a lot today. And I, I just always want to show gratitude for your vulnerability and your generosity to share like in real time. Like, what are the moments that you're working through? And from like a high level musing and thinking, I'm taking away peace is active. He is with me in the storm and in trouble. And that is shalom. How to battle anxiety and what it does in us, tears us apart, removing our peace and hope. And the power in the tools that you gave us today about gratitude and demand and um, submitting and just the richness of that. So Ruth, again, pleasure to have you today. And I know this message is something I needed and I pray that it equips and encourages everyone who listens. And we're going to put some of those contact information in the show notes as we talked about earlier. I wish you could all see these doodles and notes because they're pretty rad. I'll try to figure out a way to do that. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Tracy. It was a pleasure. I think you were in a shalom moment. You were just kind of like in your <laughs> peace moment, right? Ah, I love you so much. Okay. Uh, and as always, everyone, I'm grateful for this listening community. We're learning together so much about not only the, the mission of God and the world, but ourselves about the freedom challenge. And I want to say thank you for making us a part, a part of your podcast listening world. And we're going to be back next week or two weeks from now, starting a new month and a new theme, big faith stories. We'll be hearing from some very, I would say, ordinary people that have extraordinary faith and they're walking out a dream and building the kingdom and bringing flourishing that the world in the world that they're in. 
and each part of their story, the small steps, the big steps, and the in-between. So we are in for a treat. I'm excited for you to join me for that. But until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children do more than you ever thought physically possible and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.